You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to today's podcast. Uh, what I'm going to do is our reading is Genesis 41, 37 through 57. So 20 verses, maybe it's 21. And what I want to do is walk you through. I'm going to do what I've called in the past a thinking out loud. So that means I have not studied, have not looked into anything. So I'm just going to read verse by verse and just give some of my initial reactions. Call it a reaction video, thinking out loud, whatever it is. So let's get right into it. Uh, Genesis 41, starting in verse 37. So it says, This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all of his servants. Uh, interesting to me because it shows the God-given wisdom, obviously, of the plan and the administration that God has endowed Joseph uh, with. Verse 38, And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? I love that. Um, initially, as, as this phrase goes, the Spirit of God, it makes me think of uh, Genesis 1, the creative force, if you will. Not that the Holy Spirit is a force, the Holy Spirit is a person, but the creative nature of the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. So that is uh, uh, probably an echo that I'll see is if it's there or not. And... Also, I think it's probably interesting to note that um, Pharaoh is using the what we would call um, generic term of for God. And I'm just going to double check. Yes, it's Elohim. So he's not using uh, one of the personal names of God. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that everybody has to. Um, but uh, like El Shaddai, uh, God Almighty, El Elyon, the Most High, right? Verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all of this, I really like that, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards, uh, only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. I'm reading out of the ESV, by the way. Okay, super interesting verse there. So, in other words, uh, if you see Joseph, you see the king. This is a this is this is a, this is a big deal. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, "See, I have set over you all the land of Egypt." That has some Lion King vibes to it, doesn't it? But I'm going to highlight this verse. I'm going to highlight this, and you say, okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. Maybe something, maybe nothing, but reminds me of when Satan set Jesus up and says, see all these kingdoms before you. I'm not saying that Pharaoh is Satan as typology or anything like that, but definitely I have that vibe. Verse 42, then Pharaoh took his signet ring, oh, I like that, from his hand, and put it on, oh boy, on Joseph's hand. And oh, I like this too. And clothed him in garments of fine linen. And now he's put that chain on his neck. You know what? Rappers today have nothing 
on Joseph. <laughs> He's got some bling. That's what they call it, I think, right? Bling, bling. But no, this ring right here and the clothing. So Joseph was stripped of his robe from his brothers. He lost his robe from Potiphar's wife. And now look at, uh, I mean, typology here is some restoration. So this is good. Man, I'm really going to meditate on that. Verse 43, and he made him ride in his second chariot. So that'd be what, Air Force Two? That's what the vice president goes out on, right? And they called out before him, bow the knee. Oh, I like that too. Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Oh, this is, this is a loaded, loaded scripture. All right. Verse 44, moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no one shall lift up a hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. That's power. 45, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphonath Paniah. All right, I'm going to highlight that because I don't know what that means. So I want to know what, what does that name mean and what is the significance of of changing his name. I'm just kind of going off of rote memorization here, but <clears throat> normally um, nations and countries, and I don't know if this would be applicable to Egypt as well, but for instance, like in uh, Babylon, um, you know, names were changed like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, even, even uh, Daniel. And as those names were changed, it was to mark... Um, like full rights and privileges as a citizen. So I believe that Joseph is being accepted here as an official citizen of Egypt with those rights and privileges and gave him in marriage Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. All right. I need to know a little bit more about this. So I'm going to highlight On. I need to know what is On. My initial suspicion that's probably a god priest. She's, she is a daughter of a priest. Okay. All right. I need to I need to, to know something about this. So I'll be studying out Bible knowledge commentary, faith, life, study Bible. I'll be reading Morris. This is going to be good. 46. Joseph was 30 years old. I'm going to pause there. That is worthy of highlighting. How old was he when he came in the land? 17. Now he's 30. How many years have passed? 13. Okay. So 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. All right. Why would he go through all the land of Egypt? Is he surveying the land or is he being uh, paraded around still in the chariot? That's, uh, that I'll have to find out. And during the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly. Of course it was, uh, if that's what God said, right? Verse 48, And he gathered up all the food of these seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and put the food in the cities. He put every city, the food from the fields around it. I just want to pause because I just something just occurred to me. I don't know what the study or the statistic is, and I could be quoting this wrong, but very few people <clears throat> over all their, what do you call it, like stimulus and COVID and what's all these other things that we got, right? Like 
I guess it was stimulus checks, whatever it was, economic impacts things. Most people spend that stuff immediately. How often do we see when there's overflow, like, hey, we need to be prudent and wise and, and uh, put this away. But anyways, that's just a side thought. Uh, 49, and Joseph stored up the grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until he ceased to measure it for it could not, wow, for it could not be measured. Wow. Wouldn't you like a blessing like that? That reminds me of like Luke 638, give and it should be given to you, shaken down, pressed together. I mean, that's right there. Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. I mean, to have something so much that it could not be measured. Wow. Okay. Verse 50. Before the year of the famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. Manasseh. Highlight that. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Wow, that's a beautiful name. God's made me fruitful. Verse 53, the seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end. All right, so it's like, Put on your seatbelt, we're about to go in. Then the seven years of famine had began to come, as Joseph has said. That's worthy of underlining, just as Joseph has said. Even though he said it, it's the Lord. There was famine in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt, (laughs) there was bread. All right. I would like to know, I'm going to highlight this, there was famine in all the lands. I'd like to know, I want to highlight that phrase. Hmm, what am I thinking? I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm wondering how widespread this famine was, because usually famines are um, local, regional, but for this to be a famine that goes all the way up into, for sure, Israel, how far, I'm just curious how far north it could have went, how far spread out like maybe into the ancient Near East, the Middle East, what we know of today. How far did this go? How far south? Um, and is there any documents about a huge famine of this this capacity back then? Well, maybe I'll find out. Verse 55, when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Okay. Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph, what he says to you, do. Oh boy, 55. So here's my thoughts on this. If Egypt was prospering, I wonder what life would have been like for just your everyday Egyptian. Were they living kind of high on the hog and maybe oblivious to what was going on, living in the moment? Most likely, I'm sure there was a majority of them that were just getting by just like many do today. But anyway, something that uh, I think is worthy to meditate on. Verse 56, so when the famine had spread all over the land, Joseph opened up all the storehouses, all right, sold to the Egyptians for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Okay, the famine was severe. Underline that. 
That's uh, moreover, all the earth. I'm going to underline that. <laughs> Came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe all over the earth. So we've got a double, double notation here, all the earth, over all the earth. Now, does that mean uh, like people in China, people in uh, you know South America? Of course not. So my first guess, I, I'm assuming of course not, but my, my uh, disclaimer here is most likely for them conceptually all the earth is that entire region like to the far reaches of the north. So I would assume going all the way up probably up to Nineveh and then probably down into Ethiopia, and then probably as far east as Persia. That would be my guess. And then if you say how far west, um, if they have a conception, which I'm also curious about, is did they have a conception as far west as Spain? I don't know. Uh, that's going to be interesting. So that's just a little bit of uh, my thinking out loud. I am really looking forward to studying this out. I'm recording this, obviously, on Sunday evening. By the way, I got a burrito today because <laughs> Doggo just, uh, well, it wasn't his fault. He, I said, if you weren't in church, uh, I said something about Jesus riding in on a donkey, and I just heard bujito. And I'm like, wait, what? Burrito. So, yeah, that's my little taco talk for today. But, um, hey, if you've got anything that you find, hey, any good discoveries, you got anything that is just uh, burdening you, like, hey, I want to know more about this. Can you help me out? Would you point me in the right direction? I would be glad to do that. Um, so I've got several things on my little bucket list that I'm going to be studying tomorrow. Um, I am interested in Joseph's wife. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in the name, his Egyptian name. If I can find out what that means. Um, I'm also interested if there's any uh, any outside biblical sources. Not that we need it, but I am curious if there's any like attestations to this to the sheer scale of this seven year famine. I think that uh, there could be something there. Um, also, I'm going to make sure that I look into the background and culture. So I'm also going to look at the Zondervan Illustrated Bible Background Commentary. I'm going to see if they've got any good nuggets in there. So that's what I call mining for gold. All right, folks, well, I'll leave you with that. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later. <laughs>